Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've completed Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Metacritic Mike finally fixed review bombing and our fearless leader is back from Japan. This is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Andy Robinson and Pete Donaldson. How are we doing folks? Andy, they actually let you back into the country. Just thoroughly depressed to be sat here with you, to be honest. Come on, there's going to be a coronation. Get in the spirit, <laughs> get in the spirit. They love royalty and all that shit over in Japan. I thought that'd be very. The only coronation that'll be happening in my house is the eight or nine cans of Strong Zero that I've brought home with me. <laughs> For the uninitiated, what is Strong Zero? It's a nine percent, like sort Problem. of cidery vodka. Thing. Oh, lovely! <laughs> so it's like a can of super. <laughs> well, super. Yeah, it's the Japanese super. Super, yeah. Yeah, nice, it's super nice. kind of like that drink that you do. Is it dragon's soup or whatever? Dragon, like? dragon soup. soup. That really Odd. very high caffeinated beer. Is it beer or is it like no, some kind of alcohol? It's malt liquor. Oy, so oy, oy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's dra- dragon soup or just soup, as it's called up here. Um, is uh. It's indistinguishable from energy drinks when you're like in the off license, but when you actually get it, a, a couple of those and you're on your arse. It's, it's incredible. It's I, I, I follow these guys on Twitter, these men that should not be followed on Twitter. They're called the Timeline Scullers, and they basically film themselves drinking uh, dragon soups, uh, gin, uh, neat vodka. They do like sort of get shots of vodka and throw them in uh, uh, big um, two pinters of, 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 of horrible, like almost special brewery lager. And mm. they um, basically celebrate um getting absolutely out of their trees and they're all divorced dads they're some of them still holding on to their relationships um you know tightly but like they they, they just think that i'm following two in particular was a guy called wayne who under lockdown made himself a little bar in his back uh, garden and mm. uh, he's a particular wrong and the, these timeline <laughs> scholars they just sort of fill their days with oh i really fancy a drink it's 10 o'clock in the morning man you're an alcoholic stop it you know, I mean, the the thing with Dragon Soup is, I remember distinctly, we got a, a coach to my 18th because it was like out of town a wee bit. So everyone was on the coach. I'm just getting handed drinks and I get handed a full Dragon Soup and they all start doing the, we're all friends with Jordan, Jordan is on mate. And I'm like, fucking Christ, this is like a 500 mil can. Down it in one and I'm like, I'm going to paint this coach with sick. And I just had to do one of those hands on the seat in front of me and just... Have a bit of introspection. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I, would, I, I would say if you've got that many friends, you've got you've managed to commandeer a coach uh, to your birthday. <laughs> I mean, that that's not bad going, John. You must be pleased with that. I mean, they paid £2 a skull for the privilege of being on the on the coach, so... Nice. That was, nice. A, that was the glory days before I was a fucking poxy games journalist. <laughs> anyway, speaking of games journalism, in the back half, we have Star Wars Jedi Survivor talk, because that has dominated the last week of my life. But first, we have some headlines. Headline number one, Metacritic pledges stricter moderation after abusive Horizon Forbidden West DLC review bombing. Now, a little bit of a warning. There is a 
tiny discussion about something that happens at the end of the Horizon DLC. If you've been on Twitter, you've probably seen it. It's not earth-shaking or anything like that, but just in case. Popular review aggregation site Metacritic had pledged to introduce stricter moderation after Sony's Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC was review-bombed. The, the expansion was widely praised by critics for its story and gameplay additions. However, one plot point has led the game to be review-bombed to a current user score of 4.0. It was as low as 2.7. Now, Pete, do you know what what controversial thing destroyed the internet this week in this game? Guess what it could possibly be to oh, get this big a reaction out of folk? Um, somebody was really unfair to another character in the game. Uh, somebody mm. betrayed um, the very fibre of what it is to be a human. Um, mm. um, like that. It, it was, it, I, it was. I knew immediately. I've not played the uh, DLC, and I knew immediately. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of same-sex relationship alluded to in this. It, it's not. It's it's an optional kiss an with a female character. At the end of the DLC, it gives you three options. It's like, do you want to be pals? Do you want to sack this off? Do you want to kiss them? Yeah. And because of that last one, people went fucking spare. Don't choose it. <laughs> you've, cho- like you've, you've chosen to be angry there because you've chosen it so yeah yeah it it was really of all the controversies that result in review bombing it is among one of the the, the most stupid um metacritic has come out and said that it's aware of the abusive and disrespectful reviews of horizon forbidden west burning shores uh we have a moderation system in place to track violations of our terms of use mm, so you? bad news <laughs> and all Should bad it, news they have done that a long time ago this is not a new thing no and I there's mean, more the, egregious like bricks as well yeah metacritic's not a huge team right I'm, as, as far as i'm aware it's two guys who run that site right um which for, for a site as influential as that is pretty good going um but still, they should have sorted this out a long time ago, right? This is not even the what hundredth case of this happening no. that we can mention. It's especially strange because the, they seem to chat about it like, oh, just like ban- we'll monitor the accounts and ban the bad actors. Like people are just making like burner email addresses, review yeah. bombing the game, and moving on. Like, what is the actual solution to this? And is there any? Is there any point in this user review system, Pete? Like, do you ever look at a user review and think that's probably accurate? Well, I, I mean, it doesn't matter because I don't even look. I mean, I look at it, um, I look for the critics' reviews um, every now and again. But to be honest, like, th- people lose their jobs for the critic review side of things. Does anybody uh, from the software houses kind of decide anything when it comes to looking at user uh, Metacritic reviews? Maybe Metacritic just needs to come out and just say, look, nobody uses this data. You are wasting your fucking time. Stop doing it. <laughs> Back in like the 80s, same sex um, female kind of kisses and stuff used to be treated in the kind of like childish way of, ooh, that's a bit sexy. Yeah. Like, and now it's like, I want to kill the president. <laughs> it's insanity. It really is. Back then, it wasn't a good thing to do to react to stuff like that. I, I think if you're going to ask any gay person to sort of go, I probably would prefer that rather than the death threats, to be honest, and to, to people making it clear that they, you know, wish that people like me uh, shouldn't, sh- shouldn't be alive. It's, it's just, it's just astonishing turn it off turn off the internet i just wonder if if you were to take away the the user reviews how much does the 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 amount of people visiting that site drop because i wonder like what percentage of traffic is just people going Mm. to be like cunty about it yeah hide it just hide that side of the of the site yeah it's like andy i wonder what you think about this because i think about it a lot when when we give something a review score it's usually me that gives something a review score that people don't like. One of the first refrains is, I'll wait until I see 
real people play it or i'll wait until i see youtubers play it <laughs> what is this m- mental break between people thinking that critics aren't real people playing the games and that oh, Johnny there's, there's, there's definitely there's definitely a case right like there's definitely a case um and it, it admittedly it took me a couple of years of doing this to realize that there is some disparity you have to look at it from the uh, and this goes both sides consumers need to look at it uh, this way as well is that when we review games, we're critiquing them as someone who plays every fucking game, mm. right? So yeah. when you review Jedi Fallen Order, uh, uh, Survivor even, sorry, you're reviewing that as someone who has played every, like, AAA game from the last, like, 10, 15 years. You yeah. are judging that game directly against what else is available. We kind of, as critics, we kind of sway towards innovation and originality, right? So, but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy a seven out of 10, right? We've had this argument so many, this conversation so many times. There are games that are uh, objectively a bit shit, you know, a bit unoriginal, um, a bit lazy that have been hits and consumers love, right? I mean, Dead Island 2 has just come out and it's really good. The original Dead Island is a good example of that, which probably didn't get amazing scores from the press, but consumers loved it. Mm. There are like some kind of like games that would get poor reviews that would do really well with with consumers so i do think there, there's value in that um but obviously we could talk about this all day in terms of scoring stuff and getting abuse and well, i mean all... we we should really be looking into the fact that uh, a woman who looks like she smells like bad weed managed to get a kiss off anyone i would say because <laughs> the old dude she does look a bit filthy <laughs> we, we should, if they're going to mark down the horizon dlc it should be for the huge annoyance to me that everyone in it looks like they've walked off of like uh, you know, Santa Monica Beach. <laughs> thought, like they've just had a manicure, had their hair done, they've makeup artist. So they're in a post-apocalyptic world mm. where they're fighting robot dinosaurs, and they've all got perfect makeup and hair. <laughs> yeah. They look like they're in like Beverly Hills five hundred two one zero. It's like these um, YouTubers you see. That's like I lived the all-natural raw lifestyle. Like I, I just ate raw meat and like washed in the sea. And look at me now, beautiful manicured face. Like everything's going great. Um, but yeah, as soon as when I was I played it in one night because it's a fairly short DLC. When that happened, I was like, "Oh, that's nice! Like that's a good evolution of the character. The character she kisses or doesn't mm. kiss. If you're like a mentalist, um, will probably, probably, Jesus, I've had a long week. Will probably <laughs> be at the like the center of the next game. Mm. And then after that happened, I was like, surely people aren't going to be weird about that, are they? Surely people are going to be normal because like." Sony's biggest franchise right now, Last of Us, has a gay character at the centre of it, but mm. it's just, it'll blow over. Pete, how do we fix your user reviews? I, I just don't allow them. I, have they Send ever made off. anything better, <laughs> ever? Have they made, like, do I need to hear any of this? Do, do I, have I ever went, yeah, brilliant. It's like YouTube um, comments. Why, why do we need them? Just turn them off. They might be satisfied to the people who, who make the games, possibly, when you get a nice one, but when they're awful, they're really awful. <laughs> Always really oh, yeah. awful. And and to be honest, I went on Metacritic Day and sort of read up on what, you know, the, the the low scores and stuff. And so pretty much everyone who hadn't been um, shit-canned for, for, for the things that they were saying, that like MAGA bollocks, um, they, uh, a lot of them were just sort of going, you shouldn't pigeonhole us as, um, you know, problematic uh, anti-woke brigade. Um, this, this this video game does have issues with bugs and stuff like that. I mean, John, you've played through the game. Was there, were there many bugs in this DLC? Not and big robotic ones were hey no not <laughs> not really like it was it was pretty polished i think especially since they added a mode post-release which 
combines the performance and the quality mode so you get all the hdr shit and it runs at like 40 frames per second or if you have Mm. a fancy tv like me and andy it runs a bit better than that right um so that all that element of it was great and Mm. i often wonder like how especially in these user reviews if it's like right i can't overtly be homophobic let me pick something else 60 frames per second really laser focus on that (laughs) and then i'll just slide this in at the end by the way gay folk yeah Um, yeah yeah. yeah, it's 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 a bit disastrous it's as useful as checking the comments after you get a viral tiktok it's just you're you're opening the door to the idiot brigade Mm. but um as a professional critic uh you should just listen to my opinion and my opinion only (laughs) um uh, next up we have the big man Miyamoto dropping future Nintendo movie hints. Shigeru Miyamoto has suggested the company is planning the next movie adaptation following the hugely successful Super Mario Brothers movie, which doesn't seem to be slowing down one jot. Speaking in a Japanese interview this week, which we translated, Miyamoto hinted that the company's next movie adaptation could focus on different Nintendo characters. Quote, please keep an eye out uh, please keep an eye on our next production, Miyamoto said. This time Mario was the focus, but Nintendo is like a talent agency. We have many other entertainers on our roster. This is the first time I'm reading this. I love a Miyamoto quote. Although Miyamoto did not disclose further details, he said there are various ways for characters to develop on the screen, including characters that are suitable for film and characters that are well known. Uh, a typical Miyamoto quote where he doesn't say much but also sets the internet alight. Andy, you have now watched the Super Mario Brothers film about 50 million times by the sound of it. Um, finally, officially, what are you looking for in the next Nintendo film? I don't know. <laughs> it was alright. Right? It was fun, right? Like, it's, it's, it's weird kind of seeing like uh, Miyamoto's kind of approach to making video games like, kind of collide with this different medium because he's all about show don't tell right he doesn't want too much uh too much narrative too much uh um what's the word i'm looking for you know too much um explanation to what's going on he needs to it needs to be obvious in the scene you see and you know what's happening and that's why i think the film's got a lot of criticism for being a bit like plot light yeah it's it's a bit of a roller coaster a bit of a big long set piece mm. right um, and I thought it was a ton of fun. Do you know what? I thought the casting was excellent as well. Yeah. Which is what, what got all the criticism at the start. I thought Jack Black like carries that that film. And Chris Pratt was inoffensive. The guy who plays Luigi was pretty brilliant. Um, I thought it was great. If they can just carry on doing that, then then excellent. What um, makes me uh, cringe a little bit is all the talk now. Is, oh, now the Metroid movie's coming next. And the, <laughs> it's like, no, it's fucking not. Like... <laughs> You know, this thing's made a billion dollars because it's Super Mario, not because it's, you know, been wonderfully crafted mm. necessarily, even though I do think they, they did do a good job. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's, it feels... Fucking dog's going crazy. She loves the Super Mario Brothers movie. You assume <laughs> that it means that they'll go to the other big hitters next, so it's probably Zelda. But, Pete, have you have you seen the film yet, Pete? I've still not the seen Super the Mario film. Brothers I, movie? I probably won't. Um, my partner's made it very clear she doesn't want to see the film. Um, I don't think it's strong enough to hang a film off at the best of times. And so, like, when you're looking at something like moving into like Zelda and stuff, get like every game. If the games take so long to make. The, the world looks completely different and the things that are happening in this world are so different. There's very little to hang it on, character to character, game to game. I, I'm, what am I right in saying that? I mean, yeah, you thin you, you and long. probably get, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think the idea of them expanding into this, the whole point is for them to fill those gaps. Mm. They've talked a lot about how 
they're stuck in this cycle where obviously they build up an audience of 100 million on their successful consoles like Wii and Switch, and then they reset and start from zero. Yeah. And typically the years in between are where, you know, their kind of bottom line drops. And I'm, they've talked a lot about this filling those holes. Right, right? okay. I mean, yeah. Switch is now, you know, what, in its sixth year, sixth, seventh year. Um, but they've, they've got a, had a movie that's made a billion dollars. Right. Um, you know, they've got a theme park that's turning out money in stores, and, and that's useful for kind of flattening the line a little bit for them. It, so, I mean, the fact that they've, they've opened their own thing as well, Nintendo Pictures, they bought some uh, Japanese animation house, which I think worked on the Pikmin's shorts or something some mm -hmm. years ago. Um, so I would imagine, I would expect personally to see smaller stuff before we see another movie. I think talk of them going to have franchises, etc., is way premature if they ever do. Uh, I mean, it, people talk, mention that like as if it's an obvious, like, yeah, we're going to get slapstick Zelda from Illumination. Yeah. <laughs> like, who are we going to you know, get, like, you know, Kid Icarus, like Hollywood. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be a barrel of laughs. It's just not, it's not as, as the synergy is not there, like mm. a Mario film, right? Like that. And that was over like nearly a decade of negotiations. Mm. Nintendo were going to make the Mario movie on their own. Uh, and then uh, eventually Illumination came in and they, they hit it off personally. I mean, the, the guy, their CEO is, is on Nintendo's board. That's how, you know, well they hit it off. Um, so you know, I'm, you're going to see a second Mario movie, and I think they'll make smaller stuff. I, I think you'll see, you see kind of little projects for some of their other IP. Donkey Kong's going to be the next one. I think that's obvious. They, they've announced they're, they're expanding the theme park with a Donkey Kong theme park in, in Japan. I, d um, I just don't think these characters are, are, are as lovable and as loved as the actual mechanics of playing these games. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't. I've never been drawn to Mario. I've never been drawn to Donkey Kong. Well, I, I think we're, I think everyone's being surprised, mm. right? I mean, uh, uh, you know, this movie's just is is going to be the fourth biggest film of the year. Yeah. Like, even as it is, it's going to be Universal's, like, one of their biggest, it already is one of their biggest films ever. Jeez, oh. It's it's like, it's already Illumination's biggest film ever. It's bigger than any of the, the Minions films. Do you remember when they, do you remember um, when they made... So, there's, everyone's being surprised. Do you remember when they made Street Fighter, the movie, the game? <laughs> and they went back and they took yeah, all the sprites yeah. <laughs> of Jean-Claude Van Damme. They should do that, just to fill a bit of space. But it's, it's like, the point is, is that there's, Nintendo's always had this huge fan base that, that crosses generations, mm. right? Um, and I don't think that's fully been appreciated outside of the video game bubble. That mm. you know, even though they haven't got backstories and lore, and they're still characters that everyone uh, relates to. Mm. Yeah, um, it's it'll be interesting to see what's next, especially because, as you say, if it's Donkey Kong, I thought Donkey Kong was the worst part of that film. Seth Rogen is a lazy bastard yeah, just it, doing his fucking say, voice. Talking about the casting, that was probably the, the worst casting. Yeah, right? but that's that's clearly what they're going to do next. I mean, there's been rumours that they might be working on a game in Japan because that's been shopped about a bit that IP over the years for Western Studios. I I imagine that it is true that there might be a Donkey Kong film. You know they they've got the theme park that's coming. If you you've got a big IP strategy which they have and they've been talking about for a decade now, you don't kind of do those things in isolation, right? Like oh we're going to do a Star Fox film and open a Pikmin theme park. <laughs> And uh, do it all at the same Pilot time. Pilot wings, Wii Sports. Yeah, look like a health club. Health Open spa. a literal Wii Sports resort. There yeah. you go. Nice. Um, speaking of, right, Andy, I recently visited the US Nintendo Park. Thought it was a bit shit. You've been to the legit <laughs> one. Um, t t tell me about it. Is it is there actually room to move about? Because when I went in there, it was yeah, like the fucking I mean, Royal Rumble. So you went like a couple of weeks after mm. it opened. 
Um, your one's full of Americans. True. My one's full of Japanese. Mm. Um, and it's bigger anyway. The Osaka one is slightly bigger. Um, and I thought they, they did a, pr a really good job of managing the crowds. That's mm. the great thing about those theme parks, right? I've done a lot of fucking theme parks in the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the, you don't realize until you're in there that the queue space is by far the biggest footprint right. of all of these uh, these theme parks. Like, I think I queued for the Yoshi ride for like an hour and a half. That's not bad for those and big everyone... ones, though, is it? Like Universal Studios, you could be you could be waiting for like four or five hours if you don't do the queue jump. Oh, yeah. The, 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 I mean, the, the, the Japan one's been open for two years, right. so probably everyone who's desperate to go has been... Um, they do do a good job of managing it. I think it's similar to the US one where you need to have a like particular entry time to get in there and they cap the amount of people who can go right. in. Um, so I, I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was brilliant. Like I challenge anyone who's even vaguely uh, kind of related to having feelings for those games to go there and not think it's, it's absolutely What's brilliant. the snack yeah. options? What, 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 like very mushroom heavy or... Yes, <laughs> they just have ma I had a magic burger. mushrooms. I had like a Luigi burger. <laughs> Luigi burger. Mm. Oh, nice. I think it was a, a we've got a Mario burger and it's a Luigi chicken burger, and the kids had ghosts. I don't know, probably some other type of burger. We're just in Japan <laughs> eating burgers. Um, but it was it was good. Yeah, there was like some sort of uh, uh, like Koopa Trooper shell with noodles in it, and which sounds as horrible as it. Do you looked. pee in a Venus flytrap um, mouth in the urinals? That's what I want to say. No, the, the, the toilets are pretty right. good, though. I'll tell you what, if for anyone, again, Nintendo fans, the tunes are absolutely nice. banging, like, everywhere. The, all the um, the toilets are, like, underwater themed. Right, okay. And I was, like, trying if I could slyly, like, get a video off, like, without everyone looking at me. <laughs> <in the Rhinos. laughs> That's um, very much against the uh, Japanese, that they really don't like people taking pictures of people at the best no of times. Yeah. In the the, gents, the, yeah. I went to a the Akihabara um, Gundam restaurant a good sort of seven years ago, and you pressed a button, um, and I, I don't know why it did this, but you pressed a button in the toilet, and it would turn all of the lights off, like for the whole toilet <laughs> and then it would go and then lights would sort of like shoot up from the from the ground like it's powering up I've never really watched much Gun Gundam but like yeah fine but everyone else is doing a pee and you're just turning all the lights off Peter it's nightmarish <laughs> the um, the American experience was I got to Universal I rushed down to Nintendo it was a sea of people queuing up to take pictures with the Mario costumes. Mm. And then I got to the end of that line, not because I was dying to get a picture with the Mario costume, but it was a woman screaming at a Universal employee who was like, we're cutting the line off here. This line to take a picture with Mario is four hours. This is the end. Like, we can't get any more people in this. Um, the, the Bowser, the Mario Kart thing with the VR headset, that's just the only ride they have and the American one um, had been sold out like for days previous so i walked in went to the shop i was like this merch is a bit shit not into this not gonna buy, buy one of those fucking like mario hats or toad hats that every everyone was wearing mm. and then then i left it was it looking at it was cool like it's visually striking although in the american one you go down escalators into that part of the park so you can just see behind all of it and all the fucking office yeah, buildings and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, this is not a magical experience. It's not, it's not great placement because the Universal in Hollywood is like, yeah, it's sort of like on two levels. Yeah, right? it's like up a hill. It's a long, it's almost like two parks. Yeah. Like and one's at the top of like a cliff and the other's down the bottom of the cliff. So yeah, you can totally see through the Nintendo park. Yeah, it, it was a weird experience because it, it was like the, the yin and yang of, of when you go into the Universal Park, one of the first things you see is they have a miniature version of the, the harry potter stuff they have in florida so they have the castle and you see that and you're like okay 
Force perspective, that's impressive. Mm. That looks like the fucking castle from the films, even though it's a million times smaller because of the angle. <laughs> Whereas when you get to it, same with um, Springfield, all that stuff looks great. When you get to Nintendo, it's like, I can see the scaffolding that's holding all of this up. I, I'm not I'm not feeling that the magic the at the minute. Um, <laughs> but I went to Universal for the first time when I went to uh, Game Awards in December. Mm. And I thought it was all like a bit old hat, the, the Hollywood one. Mm. It's like I went on the studio tour and stuff, and it's like, look, guys, it's the the house from The Shining. And it's like, well, I'm almost I'm almost forty, and I don't remember the house from The Shining. It's like, oh, look, it's the bike from ET. It's like, do you want to appeal to anyone under fifty years old? No, it's Jaws. Oh yeah. Who? Um, the, the speaking of Nintendo, I didn't put it in the in the running. This has only happened to the, today. Nintendo coming back to Gamescom, Andy. How did this strike you? It's it's interesting because uh, obviously they've only announced two games uh, this year. So Zelda comes out in what May. I think Pikmin comes out June or July, something like that. So they specifically didn't sign up for E3, to my understanding, because they were like, "Look, there's no point in us having a booth for Pikmin because that's the only game we'll have announced, right? That we're ready to show." Then there was some talk that I heard about them having maybe more to talk about towards the end of the year. Um, and this kind of, I guess, confirms that a little bit. That's okay. So they're going to exhibit at Gamescom. I don't know. Like, I mean, they might, I'm trying to think back to when they were there in 2019, which is the last time they were there. I think they had, uh, in the business bit, at least they were showing Zelda, um, the, what was it? The, the port, uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. Link's Awakening remake. And they had the uh, light, Switch Lite, and like maybe like Pokemon Sword was a thing. But again, that's not really Nintendo's responsibility. So I'm trying to think whether they could just go there and just have some sort of experiential booth where like, you can come have a picture with Mario and things like that. A rock climbing wall themed after Tears of the that. Kingdom. I don't know. I mean, you're going to hear this, this, um, this speculation grow now over the next year certainly when are they going to talk about the next console when are they going to talk about the next console because you know you'd have to think that they need to be releasing that thing by the you know 2025 <laughs> you know at the absolute absolute i mean that one's not long mate that's like 18 months no i know but you know? if i'm still reviewing fucking so, switch games next year i'm going to tear the very few i would be very surprised if we don't if we don't know about it this time next year that's that's speculation but i'd be very surprised if this time next year we don't know about it i i expect this year them to start talking about it at least informally yeah um you know whether they they start mentioning it in their kind of business calls or they talk about a code name or something like that i, I don't know whether they'll actually you know show it or announce it or, or what have you but that's going to be the growing speculation now for the next year when are they going to talk about the next console because switch is old switch was old when it came out some would say not me mm. You just did, yeah. You said I, I just did, and I'm, I'm in it. Um, I remember when Switch was when Switch came out. I was trying to get well, we were trying to get her fucking game to run on it. <laughs> um, so I know all about that. That's just my memories of the Switch launch, trying to get her game to run on it. <laughs> Is that the first one? Ukulele one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, classic title. One of Jordan Medler's greatest ever reviews. If you want to look that up, fans of the show, um, we have talked about. Uh, the Microsoft CMA thing a million times over the years. Good news, we have a, a different podcast to talk about that now. It's a new <laughs> daily experience where we release it every afternoon, 10 minutes on the CMA. <laughs> but the big news today was obviously that the UK has kiboshed the deal between Microsoft and Activision, um, citing some pretty interesting findings. Me and Andy sat down just after that happened to, ch to chat about it. It's the, it's the podcast behind this one in the feed. Yeah. Go, go and listen to it. it. Go and listen to it. It's I right just, there. 
<laughs> it was very much like it was very much like Jordan, Andy, you, you need to speak on this right now. We need to get a podcast out right now because this show comes out on a Thursday and that's going to be a full 24 hours. And goodness knows what horrible thing uh, Activision might have said about um, the UK being an absolute backwater since then. <laughs> <laughs> You've dated this now, Swell, but everyone's got to come out and back up Activision yeah, um, and yeah, within it's the a next hour. Actually, yeah, it is actually a shit pit, actually, yeah, fair. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> yeah. Down south certainly is up here. Glorious country. Um, But yes, we have more on that on the other podcast. Uh, That story is constantly developing, but hopefully it will be over soon. In the second half of this show, we can finally talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And I want to ask questions to Andy about Japan because I've only really spoke to him via me replying to his tweets at five in the morning (laughs) and him completely patching me. We'll see you in a minute. I mean, I can get a drink. You can, yes. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You were only a child when they sent you off to war. We are back with Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. I have completed the game. I've been playing it for about a week. It is very long. I've been putting in ridiculous shifts on this chair to the point where um, I feel like I've done some quite severe uh, bottom half damage. But to set it up, set five years after the first game, the crew from the first games split apart. You join Cal Kestis on Coruscant, which you might recognise from the prequels. It's the big kind of metropolis. And Cal's been arrested for a terror plot. Um, that terror plot turns out to be a, a clever ruse. Um, it's all very heist. It's all very open, Ocean's Eleven to start off. It's, it's a great kind of tone setter. Um, once that goes sideways, Cal has to reunite the team to go and um, uncover a mystery that is based on a Jedi from hundreds of years ago that they've uncovered in one of those back to tanks. You know, the thing Luke Skywalker's in, the, the kind of blue the blue floaty milk thing um so yeah it's an interesting thing with this because the embargo actually lets us talk about more of the story than i think it should because this is a very twisty game this is a very texting people you know who are also reviewing it going oh fuck did you see that coming um so that has been left pretty much out of the review on vgc which you can go and read now but the top line is really strong from a character perspective and the action stuff absolutely hits. I feel like sometimes with Star Wars, it's one or the other. Obviously, the prequels yeah. have great action. Character stuff's dreadful. A lot of the Disney era stuff has really good characters, but some of the action 
isn't quite as spectacular. I don't know if you if you if you feel this. I know you're a Star Wars guy, Andy. Um, you know the stuff they film in the volume. This their their big screen that they film the Disney mm-hmm, Plus yeah. shows on. I feel like I can subconsciously tell when they're filming in that because I know they're not gonna. This isn't good. Which is, it depends if it's made with a competent like by a competent director. Yeah. Or not, because Andor, you know, Andor does use a lot of sets, but. The ones that were made during the pandemic, like Obi Wan Kenobi, definitely looks like a vibe yeah. thing. Whereas I think the Mandalorian ones less so. Mm. But it's just for me, and I, I think this is in the kind of Star Wars fan base now. Um, oh God, it feels depressing <laughs> uh, using that terminology, and as a catch, including myself, um, it just feels like at the moment it's just so inconsistent, yeah. right? Like the last Mandalorian, I thought was shite. The last series, or like, just the last? I episode? feel like I'm, yeah, the last series, yeah. I, I just feel like I'm constantly hopping between. A, I think I'm, I'm done with this. Like it's not for me anymore. And then you watch something like Andor, which is just incredible, shows you what can be. And then Obi Wan Kenobi, very disappointing. And so it's good to hear that that this is um, that that you know this is competent. Yeah, that they've done a good job because I thought the first game was. Brilliant. Yeah, I also thought the first game was brilliant. I thought some of the actual gameplay elements of were it was very assassin's creed 1 to assassin's creed 2 which is the most boring comparison that everyone always uses but it is the most helpful one so far well and, depre- and depressingly as well most of our audience probably don't remember those games now. <laughs> <laughs> um the the, th- the thing is the it all rests on cameron monaghan who plays cal kestis great friend of mine met him in la we, we get on great he texts me every day um but he's he's he only because i didn't fancy being his friend only because you were going to japan for four months um <laughs> you, you would have, you probably wouldn't have recognized him you would have just went oh what well, might and then walked away from him to go and get pissed with pete which is where i was going which would have been way cooler <laughs> oh, yeah. he'd respect that more john he'd respect that more he was coming into the bar you'd have probably went any id mate and then just walked past him um the the thing is he is so good in this role it's like surely disney's going to get him into the tv shows and the films because he oh they have to he's brilliant yeah. right like and this uh, they've already fleshed out the story right it's there for mm. them to yeah. tell uh, they absolutely need to do it i just hope they get a competent director yeah to do it. they also they also you have know, to like because it's just uh, they've established so many <laughs> obviously the problem is in star wars because of the way it was always set up it was like okay everyone has to die by the end of return of the jedi because looks like the last jedi and all that stuff but now it spins off in so many different tendrils with like ahsoka and stuff like that he has to be back um sarah jundi who's in it is also brilliant Merin's in it uh, from the first game all the characters are super strong and i I am I'm a big fan obviously of characters that mocap and voice themselves and look like themselves especially in the Star Wars world mm. especially with the respawn budget because it's like I feel like I'm just watching one of these um Disney Plus shows um the I'll tell you what I like about these games as well is it feels like they've been left alone to kind of flesh out their universe and do yeah. their own thing to some extent I mean obviously they will you know be be kind of chained to certain law things and what have you but I imagine that you know, Kathleen Kennedy and co are looking over Respawn's shoulders a bit less yeah. than, you know, kind of their, their next show around the corner. I mean, you see constantly about this rights has been canned, this director's walked, this, you know, project's been canned. It's absolutely ridiculous, whereas it seems to be a bit smoother in, in the video game world, and it feels more unique for it. That's, I guess, my problem now with the most recent Star Wars stuff is they all feel like they've been churned out of the, the Dave Filoni, you know, kind of cartoon um kind of world where you know lucasfilm feels like a corporation that's been stumbling to find a formula that worked and then as soon as they accidentally did that it's like well everything needs to be like that and the i was also kind of worried going into it because i was like time period wise 
you could just fill this with cameos. You could get as many as you wanted, as many sound alikes. Like the first game was really good about you saw Obi Wan Kenobi on a on like a communicator, like in a, a blurry kind of vision right at the end. The Darth Vader cameo is like one of the best ca- surprise cameos in like any game. Um, this game is equally as reserved about that. It's like, no, we have our respawn verse characters that we're going to deal with, and we'll make reference to stuff that's going on at the time that the game is set because it's like the rise of the empire at some point you you see like oh there's death star plans on a screen there's like a wee architect's model of the death star on someone's desk and it's like i I love that stuff the fucking bureaucracy of trying to make this mega base um but it's not oh i hear i hear there's this young blonde child on a on a distant planet called tatooine i wonder what he's (laughs) up to like it leaves all that shit totally alone um and yeah, the the other main element of it, this is a, it's another Souls light, like the first game. The combat's pretty much blown up with, there's no, there's now five stances, so you can do a single lightsaber, two lightsabers, a double-bladed lightsaber like Darth Maul, um, a cross-guard lightsaber, which is Kylo Ren's one with like the little exhaust fumes at the bottom. Four lightsabers? Yeah. And a gun. A they're gun. like, fuck it, <laughs> give him a gun. <laughs> so there's there's a bit in the game where it's literally like, oh, Cal, you're going off on this mission. Here, have a gun. And they, they all look at each other like, Jedis don't, Jedis don't do guns. And then Cal goes, fuck it, I'm not like other Jedis. Takes the gun. And from then, he's like, essentially, John Marston with his with his sex shooter. Um, the, the combat system's are great but annoyingly you can only use two of the stances between meditation points so you have to equip a loadout of like gun and single bladed you can't use all five i kind of hope that you'd be able to switch between them on the fly which i suppose and yeah so basically i'm just going to ignore all of that you're going to pick two that are your favorite and play the whole game like that that's what i did and there isn't enough enemies that are like oh this is the cross guard cunt this is the the gun this is gun man yeah it felt it felt like it felt like a little bit out of character to me even in the first game when they added the the kind of double-bladed lightsaber it's 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 fancy stuff though it's like oh what 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 if we just did that's what i mean so but for me it was like oh fuck this shit give me the single blade one back like he's a jedi I, i used I used... Oh no, he's got to wear Darth Vader's helmet, but a different colour. <laughs> and Kylo Ren's lightsaber, but not the same. Um, one thing that I've done, though, is you get all the lightsaber colours from the word jump. Um, so that was a guide up in smoke, unfortunately. They told me that a few months ago at the at the event. Because um, they were like, well, you have all the colours at the end of the first game. We didn't just want to go... Oh, he, he left them down the back of the space couch to try and find them all again. Oh, he's got, he's got a rainbow one. Those Metacritic bastards are going to be really upset. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, th- there is a, a lightsaber not dissimilar to that as a reward oh, for doing something in the dokey. game. Well, they're going to be complaining um, about that, aren't they? I mean, as, as, a, as a non-Star Warsy guy, you know, I, 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 my interest in Star Wars started and ended with the, 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 the prequels uh, back in the day. Like... There's never been a better time to be a Star Wars fan. That's very, very clear. You know, there's so much stuff out there. But the video games seem to be doing the best stuff because they have been left alone because the company that own them don't really understand it <laughs> and are a bit scared and a bit like it's a lot harder to get involved in on this side of things than than the TV show. Surely people understand television uh, a lot. Easier. Yeah, is that fair? The 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 game stuff is really good right now when ea took the license they fucked it for like 10 years to the point where disney were like we have made a huge mistake going right. exclusively with you for consoles but now you have this but did they though did they well, they, they they just but they botched one launch battle battlefront was brilliant 
And Battlefront 2, by the way, is brilliant. I agree. That is a fantastic game. Two of the best-selling Star Wars games ever. They made the first like the first uh jedi game as well no i know but it, it, the battlefront 2 caused like loot boxes to be a huge global issue like that that made it a political <laughs> thing and it caused disney to literally phone them and be like you have to take this yeah, out that, that is, so yeah that 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 incident yeah. uh kind of soured everything yeah but the games are all good 10 years they should have done more you don't remember what it was like to be a star wars fan playing video dark games forces. in the 90s you you weren't, a, you weren't alive in the 90s. Well, I was born in 1995, so what did you expect me to have this? Fuck my life. <laughs> what are you expecting me to have this pure deep knot? Mate, Star Wars... Wait, wait, you're the one talking about a thing that came out in my generation, mate. Don't Come get over here. about it. You like my <laughs> thing. How have we got... We're not, talking, we're not talking about Ben 10 <laughs> or anything like that. We're talking about Star Wars. Star Wars is like 40 years old, mate. Yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars video games now, compared to what they were, are, you know... I mean, even especially during the like the Force Unleashed, that games like that, even when they were like sort of half talking, those are some shit <laughs> games. Masters of Terrace Cassie, you're 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 um, stealing the thunder of. You said um, you wouldn't mention the... that, Jordan, and you have. You just jumped <laughs> in with maniacs. <laughs> um, I was actually asked the other day by someone that listens to the podcast if we had a name for our listeners. We'll have to come up with something really. Yeah. Um... The VGC fairers. Oh yeah. The v- yeah. We'll call them the C words. Um, <laughs> I asked C-words. on Twitter what their favourite Star Wars game was, and the C words replied in droves. Now, Andy, <laughs> as fucking King Star Wars, apparently, I'll, I'll, I'll get your judgment on this since I wasn't alive, so I, my opinion doesn't count. Um, we have Star Wars, Super Star Wars on the SNES. How was how was that? Was that okay? Great, Great game. game. Great game. Yeah, all, all of them were good. The Super Star. Mm, Wars how'd you game. pronounce that console? Who made those? The JVC. What's what the the SNES? SNES. Okay, I don't have a strong opinion because I, I couldn't. So that's that's a, yeah. I didn't even realise until I went to America for the first time, and I said that, and they were like, "Fucking what?" <laughs> so they would call it the Super NES, you know. But Very in tribal. Britain, we just called it the NES and mm. the SNES, right? Um, Star Wars. I, I get that. Objectively, we are probably wrong. Don't never admit uh, that. Don't back down. <laughs> double down. Come on. Um, a lot of people were saying Star Wars Episode One Jedi Power Battles. Um, which I vaguely remember playing on my PlayStation when I was like that, six. That sounds bad. I'm going to stick my neck out and s- that sounds bad. <laughs> PS1 games, man, they just look so shite now. There's not a generation that's held up worse than that generation. I think as a, as a rule, most stuff that came out on consoles was shite, yeah. <laughs> uh, Star Wars stuff, uh, until recently. Because LucasArts was always a big piece. Dark Forces, yeah. X-Wings, like, stuff like that. It's the best, yeah, it was Dark Forces and X-Wing and, uh, mm. and those And obviously games. people spunk their shorts about Knights of the Old Republic any time they get the chance to. Um, I wonder if that... Because that was the first console Star Wars game that was really yeah. was good. was an Xbox game, wasn't it? Other than like Rogue yeah. Squadron, maybe. I wonder if that remake will ever happen the the one that was with like aspire and that got taken off them and stuff like that that seems like an absolutely massive project to give to someone that's not top top tier it also seems like something that they probably underestimated yeah. somewhat i mean that seems like okay that game was made by 15 guys 25 <laughs> years ago but that project that is a thousand man project today right if you're going to do it to the standards that people expect to yeah, start with. you would have I mean, I bet more than a thousand people worked on this game, Jedi Survivor, mm. easy, without even thinking about it. And it's a linear action game. Well, that's actually a good point. It pure isn't this one, because instead of doing the the like level, the corridor levels from the first game with a lot of kind of um, like tracking back and stuff like that, there's two massive planets and a few smaller ones. 
and I've played this game for like 50, 60 hours at this point. I'm going back through it to do all this guide shit that will make Andy's millions of dollars. And there is new huge areas opening up that you can only get to in the post game. And in one half, on one hand, I'm like, this is interesting, but who the fuck's going to see any of this if me, who has played it probably more than anyone outside of Respawn, is only getting to this now? Like, and, Pete, and, are you are and, you one to go back for stuff like this? No, I'm not. The only game I've ever gone back to was Far Cry. All the Far Cries. I just want to find all of little bits of the little. What do you call it you when want it's to kill a, animals? I just want to kill all of the animals. <laughs> I want to get all of not McGillicuddy's. What they called? Where it's like a, an inconsequential collectible that nobody cares about. Not McGillicuddy. That kind of thing. McGuff- anyway, McGuffin. McGuffin. That's the one. Um, uh, and and I, I go back for that sort of thing. But like anything like that, you sort of think a lot of people who are really in Star Wars will be advanced yes they will have responsibilities and they won't have time to go back and explore all of these um, little little nooks and crannies it's going to be the young people who just do not care about yeah that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> sound appealing to me at all i mean especially because the first game propelled the revival of single player yeah. games right before that it was like you know the the, the vibe within these big corp- these big companies was oh single player games don't make money mm. anymore there's not enough interest so it has to be on all online that's why again what you refer to the battlefield battlefront 2 thing sorry with all the microtransactions it was like this is how things have to be and that game a linear action game it almost single-handedly changed ea's attitude because it, it performed so well so i mean a little bit disappointing for me again as a middle-aged man i don't want to look for things you don't need Jordan. to you can you can check I'll my guys you can find them all there and it and it Darth Vader turns up and I say wow. honestly you, it doesn't get you in any power ways to just play through the the missions so you can go and do that yeah in which I'm just yeah. going to ignore all you will that miss a, a billion billion things but you know what the game is full of that I just Good. realized um that is <laughs> that I think about every single time I play a game now because you've fucking drilled it into my head the squ- squeezing the shoulders through the, the tight crack in the space Let's work. welcome yep. to PS5 and this is just the next gen game and it doesn't run great currently on PS5 although I, ha- <laughs> I now have the day one patch and it's a bit better but 150 like, gigabytes mm, couldn't get it right with 150 gigabytes 150 gigabytes <laughs> um, it's only 40 gigabytes if you play it on the Xbox Series S if you want no textures if you want everyone to look like fucking <laughs> severe burn victims smooth. like but yeah, it's a it's a big old fucking game. Mm. Um, you okay, Andy? You look like you've just drank pish. I, I just took a particularly big he's mouthful. Taking, of strong he's zero drinking there. strong zero. He's off to the football. Andy is having the best night of his life. He's not been on the podcast in about a fucking month and a half, and he can only come back when he's pissed. Good segue, though, Andy. Tell us about your drinking adventures in Japan. <laughs> Right, pretty, well, you say that I, d- I didn't really drink. I didn't really mm. drink at all. I actually surprised myself. Um, maybe I'm just getting older. You have to look know. after two like, kids. Just yeah, I, was, I mean, it's. I mean, that's. Yeah, but I, I did that before. <laughs> but it was, but you know how it is. Like, I mean, uh, Japan is such a special place for me. Always has been that before. Um, I took my kids one and four when they were right. one and two. Uh, and, you know, we'd, everyone would be in bed at like seven o'clock, but I'd still like, I'd get a can <laughs> yeah. and look out the window and just be excited. Yeah. You know, I'm in Japan. Brilliant. But, you know, maybe it's it's just I'm becoming used to it more. I mean, since we started VGC, certainly pre-pandemic, I had a chance to go mm. like as often as I wanted within mm. to an extent. Um, I think I went two or three times that year. Um, so maybe it's that getting a bit used to it, or maybe I'm just getting a bit older, but more responsible. No, I didn't do a lot of drinking, but I did a lot mm. of cool did, stuff. Did you kind of 
Um, did, 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 when you like sort a... of text someone because I'm I'm going to do this for the first time later on this year. I'm going to take my partner to Japan. She she went on a step stopover for a couple of days and and sort of just went to Tokyo. And she she doesn't like sort of busy cities, so it's the worst place to take her. But um, <laughs> did, were there points where you were getting really excited about you wanted to show your your kids, your partner, um, something in in Japan, and they didn't quite get as excited as you thought they might do? Or is that what being a dad is? Mm. Being excited about something, them not getting as excited as you, and you dying a little inside. Is that what, is that what it's all about? Oh, but that's that's the great thing. That's the mm. great thing about kids, though, is they haven't got right. any of that pretense. Yeah. Right? They're fearless. My five-year-old genuinely was picking our restaurant <laughs> nice, most nights. Okay. Like most, my, I mean, I, me and my missus have been going like ev- on and yeah. off for like fifteen years to Japan. Like mm. we'll go every other year. Um, right, it's been in rotation. You know, we'll, we'll have like a you know a, a sunny mm. like a beach holiday, mm. and then we'll go back to Japan. And um, one of my regrets from all my time going, because before I never really knew. I know lots of people who live uh, 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 mm. or are from Japan now, so I've been introduced to lots of like you know proper you know, kind of native places yeah. that I wouldn't have gone to otherwise would be on my tourist vow. But that's one of my biggest regrets is in the past, we'd never, we'd never like take a risk on a restaurant or something because for people who've not been, you won't understand that it's not the same experience in the West. Whereas if we want to go to a restaurant in the West, mm. you look through the window, right? Oh, that looks busy. That looks nice. You read the rest the, the menu outside. Oh yeah. Let's go in. Yeah. Whereas in Japan, cause it's so, you know, overpopulated in the cities, it's mostly, there's a sign that just says <laughs> eight floor steak. And when you walk in, everyone goes, as I must say. And you, oh shit. That's a British person. Imagine you're the only one in there. Oh, don't know. I want to delete. It's just, it's, it's anxiety yeah. on a stick. Right. So we never, we never, um, kind of, we, we like just eating Western shit for, we'd go mm. like to Outback Steakhouse and like things like that, like shameful. Um, whereas now you go with kids. Brilliant. My five-year-old's like, let's go in this place. Like this, um, what's it called when they, um, uh, when they, they cook the, the meat oh, and pot. Oh, what's it, that uh, now? Yeah, Shabu Shabu. Shabu, is yeah. it? Let's go in this Shabu Shabu place. Like, okay. Like, you know, I want to go in here, mummy. Like, break down, yeah, go good. in, and it's brilliant. This is kind of like rolling. It's like, done, you know? They're like the ultimate dice man. The... <laughs> like, you're rolling a dice every time. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't taking them. So we we spent two mm. nights in Marufuko, the the, uh, the original Nintendo HQ turned into boutique hotel that no one can afford to stay mm. in because it's ridiculous. But I was like, I have to do you know a night here, and um, it's like a traditional, obviously super traditional building where the fr- mm. the walls are made out of paper, and they, they even like I don't think they'd even seen like uh, you know Western children <laughs> stay in this hotel before, and we had like instructions like to be quiet after eight, and it was like fucking hell that was anxiety <laughs> as well. Just kids tearing around like they could have run for a wall into the next room at any point. But no, it was absolutely, it was absolutely brilliant two weeks. Absolutely brilliant two weeks. Can't wait to go I'll back. I'll get there one day. Um, didn't even tell you about the absolute best night I had was um, I interviewed um, Ima Morrison, who's the, the recently um, retired Nintendo veteran who was the lead artist on um the star fox games the fcr games so he he made all of those characters in those games and he also kind of notably was the art director on uh, zelda majora's mask i think he, he he works on um he created all the bosses in like a link to the past and he's a veteran nintendo employee who within nintendo w- was very much the mm. custodian of star fox you know f-zero and um i got to interview him um which will be on the site uh, very soon and I, I got to like just go out on the piss with him, brilliant, basically, which was absolutely brilliant. 
you know, that's the, the Japanese business culture though, right? Like if we're going to work together, let's go and get steam in. And it was, it, it was just no, we're talking. brilliant. Like as someone who's used to spending his nights in Japan in Out, Outback Steakhouse, like going to a, a proper Japanese izakaya with uh, the man who he made the Star Fox team. It, it was, um, mm, you know, a, a bit surreal. One. Oh, and also I didn't even say the, the, um, there's a place uh, that is a secret place that I'm not allowed to, to reveal the location. Mm. Of. It's called Eight Four. It's it's been um, kind of publicised a bit in the press recently. It's a private members bar by an ex Nintendo producer from like the 80s. He, he's made a, his own bar for games industry people, and you're only allowed to go there if a member kind of takes you. And um, I, I got to go there, and that was surreal as hell as well. Like you're one of I was one of like only about five people in there. It's decorated like a treasure trove of someone who's worked in Nintendo for 30, 40 years. There's like signed custom artwork by Miyamoto, um, by Aonuma, the Zelda producer, by Inafune, the Mega Man producer, like everyone you can imagine, the whole Pokemon team, uh, you know, all sprawled across the worlds, like the, uh, the walls, these, these kind of like, uh, this custom stuff that he, he, this place, well, like, cause there's a library in Marafukuro, like a Nintendo library where they kind of bill it as like, Oh, come and see all the, you know, the, the original trinkets. This mm. bar was way better. <laughs> like it wasn't even a contest. Like it wasn't their, their toilet was better than the library in Marafukuro. Like, not putting Marafukuro down, but just the, the the amount of like history in this place. He had like um, um, prototype labels to the original Mario Brothers Famicom cart, like off of the factory line. The testing, testing the print colours and things like that. Such a lovely guy as well. Because it was a, it's a, it's a members thing. You get the time right. He knew I was coming. Like, how are you, Andy? Like, sat and he spoke to me for an hour, wanted to know what I did. Like, uh, you know, kind of gave me a passport with a little stamp in it, like to made me a member. And um, it was just unbelievable. And then you're you're there, like, you know, kind of just hanging out for a couple of hours. And then the other table end up talking to you. And it's the the art director of Space <laughs> Channel 5, you know, like who's who's there. And then you end up speaking to her and she's like absolutely amazing, uh, amazingly affable person. You end up having a conversation with just completely surreal surreal evening is it still good to go and is there still plenty of shit to go and buy i know you said that the pure main populated areas have been completely shagged out mm, i mean that was that was it's quite interesting i'm sure lots of other people have got this experience is that i mean this is a vacation we booked in january 2020 so historically the worst time mm. in history to book a vacation um and we've been sat through the pandemic kind of almost mm. fantasizing about you know this vacation will come we'll get through the other side and uh, and we'll go on this vacation um Japan had the uh, the Olympics obviously scheduled for 2020, so a lot of stuff happened in that gap between you know when I last went. Um, you know, the Nintendo theme park, Nintendo stores, all these different hotels and shops and places because that was the year they were all gearing towards the the Olympics. Um, so yeah, I did spend a lot of time kind of looking at this, thinking, oh, I'm going to buy all this stuff, I'm going to do this, and I was actually surprised myself that yeah. I didn't. Um, uh, you know, a lot of it, I guess, was like you know uh, lockdown fueled. Uh, mm. you know, kind of amusement. But um, it certainly was the case, yeah. I've never been in um, spring before to Japan. I usually go in the summer because my missus is a teacher, so I have to go when it's <laughs> bloody hot. Uh, but I'll tell you what, though, having experienced pr- springtime for the first time, it's definitely an upside there's less bloody tourists. I had to double-check my gate. Like, there were so many white people going <laughs> on this plane. I had to double double take. Like, this is not the... Because usually it's like... 80 20 japanese and, and western people 
Um, nope. It was like old people going on it. Um, like it looked like a flight to like and then and then yeah it was it was the case that you know i think obviously it makes sense they're having a boost at the moment right because uh everyone's a lot of people in the same boat as me um a lot of people have been waiting a lot of people probably decided they want to go there they want to travel more because of the pandemic this is the first major um holiday um since japan opened up i think in october so it kind of makes sense that there are a lot of people traveling there but yeah the, the, certainly the, the stuff in tokyo the nintendo stores and things like that I was I was quite surprised. I even turned to my missus at one point in the Nintendo store and said, "Is this the right floor? Like, is this the is this the B store? Like, you know, is this the mm. the outlet?" They didn't have any Mario stuff left. It was like it was a nice um, like uh, case on which Nintendo mm. IP is popular in uh, Japan because all they had left was oh. like Luigi, uh, Metroid, and the Blue <laughs> Pikmin. Oh, everyone's favorite. Well, if your favorite Pikmin's the Blue Pikmin. Uh, you can write in to podcast at videogameschronicle.com. If you're curious about winning some copies of Dead Island 2 and you're listening to this the day it comes out or the day following, we have a competition going to give away a couple of copies. Listen to the Dead Island 2 special on this podcast feed to find out how. Um, next week, we will be back with a very special guest, um, a, a British gaming legend who has up sticks and fucked off to San Francisco to make a billion dollars i cannot wait to get her on here and try and you know drag out the accent um but she's she's also northern pete so. uh, yeah she's yeah she's from uh, newcastle i believe and and when i heard the accent for the first well when she i heard the accent for the first time i was like you you, you are, have a different accent usually what's going on are you lampooning <laughs> what's going on it's it's, it's yeah we? just slide straight back in that newcastle, newcastle accent it's amazing yeah it is uh, Cheryl Tweedy that we're getting on so looking forward <laughs> to that we'd like to thank the great Grant Kirkhope for the VGC podcast theme song you can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan Midler Andy at Andy Platonic and Pete at Pete Donaldson you can follow VGC at VGC underscore news no longer verified so who knows if it's actually us <laughs> say goodbye Pete goodbye say goodbye Andy and we'll see you Bye. next week come on the Liverpool VGC, a video games podcast, is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network.